0: Like now I'm also like really working for Eat My Ride, but like a couple of years ago I was working for somewhere, but then Eat My Ride was a partner of us. Then I remember I always send like pretty long emails to your I'm like, okay, I want to make sure, or you need to make sure that we can either do A, B, and C in the app, and we also want to have this, and we also want to have that. And then they basically had to start building that for us. So now it's also funny to really work together and also to like learn like that it is not that easy to make all the changes. Right,
1: right, absolutely. All the
0: additions. Yeah.
1: One global yet very local cycling podcast brought to you by Lowland Cycling. Hello, good day. This is uh, Jerry De Bruin, Lowland Cycling Podcast. Today, we don't have Jeff Smith with us. Um, he was uh, not able to to make it, but I do have two very, very interesting guests. Um, so, um, today with me, we have uh, Joram Kolf, CEO of Eat My Right, and uh, Lisa Nybrook, nutritionist um, at Eat My Right, um, and also for the, the Quick Step Pro Tour team. Uh, welcome to the show. All right, thanks. Um, so, as a first uh, question, um, can you Tell us a little bit about yourself and also tell us your um, love for cycling um, and how cycling has a part of your life and your day-to-day life.
2: Yeah. Yeah, sure. So uh, let me start. I think I'm a cyclist for maybe almost 15 years now, and I used to have a career in market research uh, next to cycling, of course where I was on the side of predicting the effect of things. So in this sense, it was predicting the sales of media exposure for big brands, you know, like Apple, et cetera. And I was uh, already cycling a lot, part of a club, also a trainer there. And then while doing Grand Fondo's, I saw that people get really um, stressed uh, the day before the race because they want to prepare on everything. And then I thought, yeah, since I'm in the um, uh, in the AI uh, uh, business of predicting things, you could also predict these kinds of things. So that basically started to turn the wheel. All
0: right. Um, well, when I was a kid, I always, I remember I always went to like the final weekend of the Tour de France with my dad. And I was... Pretty young, like I think from six year onwards, I went there for a couple of years. So as a kid, I was always like attracted by cycling, but I never thought like, oh, I wanted to work in cycling or so. But I started my studies nutrition and dietetics, and then I specialized into sports nutrition. And then I really knew like, okay, I do want to work with top sport athletes, but I didn't knew like, okay, do I want to work within cycling or football or whatsoever? Uh, but I did knew like, okay, I do want to work with a sport where nutrition plays like a really, really big role and obviously cycling <laughs> is one of them. Um, yeah. So that's how I ended up in cycling. I started at a professional cycling team. I'm still doing that. And that's also where I met Joram basically.
1: Right. Yeah. Thank you. And, and for the, for the listeners, if you're thinking, Hey, that's, you know, that sounds like the funny accent that, that Jerry has. Um, you're both in the <laughs> Netherlands. <laughs> so you know, uh, the listeners will be prepared for a fair amount of Dutch English. Um, I call that Dinglish. <laughs> um, so, you know, please, uh, please consider that. Um, but th- yeah, great. And, and like I've mentioned in the podcast many, many times before, um, growing up in, in, in the Netherlands, you know, cycling is second nature. Um, you know, you, you, you put on a bike sometimes even before you can walk. Um, and it's, it's so very near and dear to us. Um, it's uh, you know, you can't uh, imagine a life without a bike in, in the Netherlands, basically.
2: Well, if I can add to that, our office is based in Utrecht. And Utrecht is, is first of all, the, the I think the only city that organized both the start of the Tour de France, the Giro Italia, and now this year, the Fuelta. <laughs> but also the, the main train station here, they they have um, uh, cycle storage for 20,000 bikes that yep. was needed to, to serve all the people going to work and it's not even enough. Right. So just to give you, a f- you know, uh, some feeling about how cycling lives
1: here. Right. That's actually funny that you mentioned that because um, I used to work at uh, at the Rabobank um, and uh, the location was in the Seist. So I took the train from Rosmalen to Utrecht, picked up my bike there and biked from track to sized, and then on the way back and I was never in a better shape than back then because especially on the way back, every day, every day was a time trial, <laughs> right? Because I needed to catch my train on, on, on the way home. But absolutely that, that, that bike storage near central station is like, you have to see it to believe it. there's, there's so many bikes. It's, it's incredible. Yeah
0: and i can add to that i'm also working in amsterdam so big city and i always have to make sure that i take the train like early in the morning because otherwise all the bikes are like sold out for that day so if i come like if i arrive uh after like 8 45 there's not even a bike available to take to the place where i need to be so right. it's always a hurry to come there early in the morning
1: <laughs> yeah exactly that's uh but but again that shows how you know uh central part of our lives yeah. in the Netherlands is 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 a bike so um so so tell us a little bit more about about uh, the app uh, eat my ride and um, um, um a little bit of the background so you already taught how you got into okay um predicting the ai component uh, cyclists re- always worrying about um uh, how to prepare etc cetera, etc cetera. um it's specifically focused on 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 nutrition um, uh, before, during, uh, and after, um, can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah. So, so maybe, uh, in, in, short about the app and then how we, we got involved with Lisa a few years ago. So the whole idea is that let's say on a regular day, you, you burn a certain amount of calories, right? So let's just assume it would be two and a half thousand in 24 hours. And then you do a long bike ride. On that same day and then it suddenly two and a half thousand becomes five thousand and half of it ha- has to be uh, burned within three hours out of the 24. So normally in your metabolism you, you mostly burn body fats but that's not possible with sporting because you need nutrition so suddenly and of course if you have a solid breakfast you can last a while say one and a half to two hours but you you yeah you burn so many more carbohydrates. Those you cannot store. So that's why you need to refill. So we thought this is something that should be predictable. And it's uh, you can also calculate it yourself. But the difficulty is you usually don't have one stable pace, right? You usually don't go out for three hours, just doing 200 watts all the time. Right. Usually you go uphills, you know, downhills, you do training blocks. And if you would just calculate how that works and then also consider that it's different for everyone, that's way too complex. So that's how this idea of a company started. And then, yeah, when we started very quickly, we came in touch with uh, uh, Team uh, DSM, which was then called Team Sunweb. And so we got in, got in touch with Lisa.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that was funny because. Uh, I used to work then indeed for uh, uh, Team Sunweb and we were, yeah, we were always looking like to be one step ahead of all the other teams, because nowadays, like all the professional teams, they do have a team of nutritionists. So it's very nice that all the team teams have those nutritionists. So we were always looking like, okay, how can we be like one step ahead of those? And um, within our races, we always applied what we call personalized plates, which meant that we had a prediction model uh, so that we could estimate already based on the states, like if a rider would either burn 5,000 calories or 7,000 calories because it would differ for uh, the cooks how much to cook. So we basically measured all the meals from the morning until the very end going to bed. But that also meant that after each stage, I got all the data from all these seven or eight riders. And then I started recalculating if it was more or less than based on our estimation, which costed like a lot of time because they were finished around five o'clock, which is always the time that I went home from the office. So a lot of uh, evenings also that I had to like... um, stay still on the highway because I got the data and the riders were always hungry. So I had to do it quickly. And then I thought like, okay, we need to be smarter here because it's a waste of time. If I need to be available all the evenings and then start recalculating for two hours in a row. So that's basically how we met Joram.
2: Yeah. And I think the funny thing is that imagine those, those, those top riders, they think they use a system like WhatsApp and yeah. they message Lisa like, okay, after one hour, I took this bar. And then I took that gel. And then I took that drink. And you have to write it all down. Yeah. Put it in a sort of Excel calculator. And, and based on that, decide what to have for dinner. And it could even mean that if, if some riders did very well in their nutrition, mm-hmm. while others forgot about it to a certain extent. But the stage wasn't so in- intense that some riders were not allowed to take their full you know, size of pasta.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> yeah and allowed sounds very extreme um but indeed it was all meant to make sure that the riders would not like either lose weight throughout the grand tour or a week race and also to not gain weight right um but yeah the, the time efficiency or yeah there was basically no efficiency so that's when i thought like okay we need to do this we can do this smarter and that's basically how we met and how we started working together
2: right and- yeah, so what it means mm-hmm. is that um, in E My ride app, there are several things you can do. So you can plan a ride. Yeah, so you say this is a, the distance I'm going to do with a certain speed and, for instance, a certain power. Uh, you can also use a route because once we have a route, we know the course profile, so we know if it gets really steep or not. We know the weather forecast, so we know if you have headwind or tailwind. Um, So based on that, we predict where you lose energy and then based on the kind of products you want to take, so you fit in your own brands because there are like 500 brands out there. And we know how long those products take to absorb. So that's all prediction. But with um, Sunweb at the time, they did those predictions themselves. (laughs) But then after the ride, Eat My Ride was more useful uh, for them because then the actual ride comes in and a rider can fill in the actual intake at the actual time. Right. And based on that, the recovery meals are recalculated and you also see in a chart like, okay, you know, did I stay in a green zone or did I touch the red zone and where, and then you can refer to yourself, like how did I feel at that moment? So that's basically to learn to work better
1: right.
2: and save time.
1: Right. And, and, the, the main let's say indicator here is is power correct yes right so so you have the the, the route the weather power um and then then there are more like the the, the personal um attributes right um height weight um maybe something else that those things are all Let's say part of the the calculation is, is is that a correct, correct assumption?
2: Yes. So, so we basically do two kinds of calculations The say the first calculation is for the total day. So that's dependent indeed on, on, on the height the weight, but also the the fat percentage Mm -hmm. and how active you are as a person. So you could compare this to a smartwatch, but that smartwatch will track your, your steps maybe, but it, it tells you how much energy do you burn on a day? And then the second part is, we call that in And um, based on the power, we know how much calorie you're burning in total. But depending on other characteristics, mostly the, the VO2 max and the FTP,
1: mm-hmm.
2: we can also tell at each amount of wattage, what's the split in sugars and, and fats, Um, And and that's very important because you don't need to refill the fat you're burning, but you do need to refill the carbohydrates to a certain extent, depending on your muscle mass. So that's also something we track. So all these factors are needed to give a solid prediction. You you can see it in the app. I mean, if you open the app, you would see a chart once you fill in your characteristics. And what people tell us the most is, for instance, if I do a, a, a relaxed-based endurance ride, I might be burning something like 60 or 70 grams of carbohydrates per hour, which is a rate you could also eat if you want to. right? Yeah, or, or lose for quite some hours. But then if you make it like a kind of intense training, then the 70 could easily drop to increase to 120, 150. And if you then do a block, it can be 200. Per right. hour and if you really make it intense it can be even up to 300 per hour so it's not a linear curve it's more like exponential and that's why it's so um differing per kind of ride you're doing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and also i guess based on on the goal that you're setting right um so so you have your workout you want to get stronger uh, you want to get faster um uh, obviously but also a goal could be to actually lose weight. Um, so you're, you're either at that, basically the, the status quo, you're not gaining or you're not losing, or you, you go out for a longer, low-intensity ride and the goal is to burn primarily fat and stay in the fat riding zone. And then, you know, the app would help you and say, hey, this is, this is what you should be consuming um, during that, that ride. Yeah. If I can, um, uh, um, respond on that. Mm -hmm. So so
2: I think two things are important. If you want to lose weight, but also want to train, you you need to find the right balance, right? Because you could say I'm just cutting like a 500 or a thousand calories on the day. And you, if you, if you can, uh, do that for a long period, you suddenly lose weight, but you also lose your condition. Yep. Right. And usually you want to avoid that. So what we then say is take the in-right nutrition, take the preparation and recover meal and take a bit less on the other meals. But usually the tension of people is more to kind of skip the in-right nutrition and that's just uh, not contributing to your uh, training effect. So that I would say that's a very important thing. So um, if you consider that, actually you have two goals also your your goal can either be to just reach home Mm -hmm. as we call it and that would mean you don't need to eat very much just enough to not hit the wall right but if your goal is to have a really solid training you eat you need to eat a lot more uh, in right so your your muscles stay loaded with carbohydrates and uh, you know how, how we calculate that it's Based on, um, on on the knowledge of, uh, of, of Lisa, mm-hmm. yeah. So this is the yeah, basically about the glycogen.
0: Yeah, uh, and I do want to add on that fat burning part because I think quite a lot of people think that as long as they train like in the fat burning zone, mm-hmm. that they will that it will also help them to lose weight. But you mostly burn fat as a fuel at low intensity. So what you often see in many gyms is like on the treadmill or whatever kind kind of exercise that they have like those graphs and that they say like, oh, you need to train in the fat burning zone mm-hmm. to lose weight, but it only has to do with like burning fat as a fuel, but that doesn't mean that it helps you to lose weight because in order to lose weight, like the calorie balance is most important. So it basically means you need to eat less than what you burn on a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you only do like low intensity rides with the goal to lose weight, but you still eat like 300 calories more on a day than what you should do, exactly, then you are still gaining. So I always say to people, don't do those easy trainings with the goal to lose weight because you can better do like high intensity training because that will help you to burn more calories. And in the end, that will also help you to lose weight. Right.
2: Right. And on top of that, I would say, let's say you do a three-hour training and you burn 2,000 calories, then it can easily happen that 1,000 calories out of that is fat, 1,000 is carbs,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you only need to replenish part of those carbs. Right. So you will always um, lose at least half of what you're training. And if you would replace that three-hour training for a very easy ride, you wouldn't you Would burn a thousand in total instead of 2000. Right. And so, um, it's it, it I, I would say it's even more efficient to do some intense training
0: yeah. in the end. So, if people want to lose weight, to all the listeners, do intense training,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. And there is, and that's maybe a little bit too technical, but there is also something like a, um, uh, I call it uh, the flywheel principle, right? So, even if you do a shorter, more intense ride, right, your body even when you stop with that workout is, you your, know, your body is still in motion, right? So at some yeah. point you, 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 basically keep on burning fat because there is that, you know, that motion of, of, um, your body is not ready yet. It's still recovering and as such also, um, burning yeah. fat or, yeah. Um, so, and you actually, you, you mentioned uh, hitting, hitting the wall, um, you know, Another way of describing it that is 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 bonking, right? Um, in Dutch, is it is hunger club. <laughs> <laughs> you get <laughs> a hunger club. You get a hunger club. Um, so, when does that happen? I think that's, that's a question that that is on top of mind, and 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 most cyclists have experienced a, a bonking or a hunger club um, uh, uh, at some point. So. How how does that happen, uh, Lisa? What what's the you know just as a basic rule of thumb? What 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 happens when you bonk?
0: Yeah, to say really short, it it basically means that you have too little fuel to keep on going with the intensity that you were doing. So it has a little bit to do with what Joram said earlier. So if you do like the higher the intensity, the more you rely on the carbohydrates as fuel, and we have some stored in our body which is like roughly enough for one and a half hours, a small two hours of intense training. Uh, but it also means that if you do a four hour ride and you don't take any extra carbohydrates that after two hours, you don't have that energy supply to keep on going with the same intensity. Right. And that's the moment where you will be like hitting the wall or bonking, which means that you do have to reduce your intensity because then the fats will be like the, predominantly source of energy. And that's a mistake that people often make. Like as soon as they step on the bike, they just had their breakfast and they feel well and it's sunny and they ride with some friends. But if you already forget to eat something in the first hour, it can easily be that already halfway or more than halfway of your glycogen, which is what we call like the stored amount of carbohydrates is already empty. And then if you only start eating at that moment, quite soon it can be like too late already. Um so yeah bunking basically means um the moment that you don't have enough carbohydrates anymore to uh, supply as energy source. Right.
1: And those those, just just take mm -hmm. oh sorry. No I just just yeah I wanted to to add um that storage what you're talking about that's basically the glycogen that you store in your muscles and in your in your liver, correct?
0: Yeah, exactly. So most of the carbohydrates, we can store it in muscle and a small part, we can also store that in liver. Uh, and that's also dependent on how much muscle mass somebody mm-hmm. has, because the more muscle mass you have, simply the more glycogen you can store. And also you see a small difference there in elite athletes versus like amateurs. So elite athletes can store like a little bit more glycogen per kilogram of muscle mass. Right. Um but indeed we store those mostly in muscle and a smaller part in uh, in liver yeah
2: so let's assume you have a few hundred say three or four hundred grams you can spend if it's if if every hour you you would burn hundred fifty and the first hour you you don't eat anything you already lost one hundred fifty right mm-hmm. um but if you start eating right away then in the first hour you're consuming as, as 60, so then your loss is 90. So you're already
1: and kept 60 it, yeah.
2: or kept 90. So to, to, to last longer, and, and it could even be like an hour longer or one and a half hours longer. So this is really important. And if you don't do that and your your energy reserves get low, then I think first your body is tending a bit more on, on fat burning, um, but then suddenly, it's not like you don't have any glycogen at all. It's mm-hmm. just low, and then the body thinks, um, "I need to protect my vital organs, right?" So the body is just cutting a source of energy, mm-hmm. while fat is a is a slow energy. So that's why it's so sudden.
1: Right. Right. What I actually wanted to to add, and please correct me if I'm wrong. So. You know, eating the the day before, yes, obviously very important. Um, also, think about um, that um, how much energy did I already um, expend during that day? When you go out with your I don't know your kids to the playground, or you know, or or maybe maybe even having a crazy busy day at work where you're kind of mentally stressed and and you have a lot of cortisol and you're already burning a lot of <laughs> energy during that day, even although you've been eating right. Um, what I wanted to add there is even the days prior. So the day prior, you had a massive workout. You're at a very intense group ride. You know the the typical Wednesday, <laughs> Tuesday uh, group rides where everybody goes always too hard, um, and you you didn't um, recover from a nutrition point of view uh, too well. Maybe you, you ate a, uh, a deep freeze pizza or, you know, not quality food. Let me put it like that. Um, you, you, you haven't started to replenish your depleted glycogen stores the day or maybe the two days prior. Um, and that can also obviously impact. So it's not, I guess it's not only the day of food. It can be one or two days prior to prior to death. Yeah. Is that. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, definitely. It's also indeed the days prior. And that's also what you see, for example, in elite cycling, if they have like an important race or event going up, uh, it's like the well-known carbohydrate loading. Mm -hmm. So indeed it means that the days prior to a race, they have like a high intake of carbohydrates to make sure that those glycogen storages are like like as full as possible. Um, But the same accounts indeed for us as normal people uh, if we would cut down on our carbohydrates and do like a very intense group ride on the Wednesday evening, and you don't eat any carbohydrates after again, um, you will also feel that the next day, if you want to do the same workout again, yeah.
2: Right, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's also a reason why. Uh, I think you told me once, as as a pro rider, even if the the ride isn't so intense, you still eat a lot. Yeah. Because you know you have to do it again tomorrow. As well and 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 we usually don't have to do that so it doesn't matter so much
0: yeah indeed that's indeed in pro cycling sometimes when they do have an easy ride they also tend to think like oh today is easy so i'm cutting down on my in-race nutrition but they sometimes forget about the next day and if the next day is a mountain stage again even though the stage the the stage of the day before is relatively easy i always say to them make sure that you stay on top of your intake because Mm -hmm. It's already with the thought in mind of the day after, like the mountain stage, that they do need to make sure that, yeah, they basically take as much carbohydrates as they can to put it like really shortly said.
1: Right, and 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 how much is that? You know, the the, the maximum carbs that you can intake per hour.
0: Um, It's well, that's also a little bit different per person. At least what you can tolerate. But maybe some people have heard of like the 90 grams per Mm -hmm. hour rule, uh, and that accounts for most of the people. So it means that you can roughly take in and use 90 grams of carbohydrates per hour. Uh, And I do have to say uh, that's split into two different types of uh, simple sugars. So if you combine those, you can reach those 90 grams. So you have like the glucose and the fructose. Mm And they are basically absorbed by our body via different pathways. So if you combine those, you can reach those higher amounts. But if you would say I'm taking only 90 grams of pure, pure glucose, the body cannot use all of that. Right. But I have to say also, if if we would say now to somebody who's not trained at all, like, okay, tomorrow in your ride, you are going to take 90 grams per hour. And after one hour, you, he or she would probably have like big stomach complaints right. because you do need to train your body to get used to those amounts, uh, and to put it maybe in products like a banana is just around 25 grams of mm-hmm. carbohydrates, so it would mean like more than three bananas per hour, right? Um, which nobody wants to take like for fun. <laughs> no,
1: no, exactly. Um, yeah, and, and and you can train it yeah. in, our, in our app.
2: So yep. if if you do a ride and you fill in what you ate. And there is a learning tool that will tell you, like, okay, did you ever take, for instance, uh, 60 grams per hour for three hours long? Because if you've never done that, you're not trained to it. Right. Right. And the next stage is, especially if you go to, to 90 grams per hour or several hours, that's something that people you need to train your gut. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But if you do that, and if you look at pro riders, they even usually go beyond the 90. Yeah. Or they can reach 110, for instance. So training really makes a difference.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, that brings me to the, to the next question. So if you look at the, the evolution of um, sports nutrition specifically, um, I feel that the last five years it, it has improved and, and grown uh, significantly, exponentially the last 5 years maybe a little bit longer um, uh, you probably know better but there's so much science so much research but also if you look at the results of the the pro peloton um you know um it's it's there's a substantial gain there lisa from your experience how 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 do you see that what 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 has the evolution in sports nutrition been like from your point of view
0: yeah, it's it's funny that you say that because when I started uh to work for a team somewhere, or I got the opportunity, but they told me like, okay, your um function will be a combination of helping the riders to improve their nutrition and cooking. Mm-hmm. So, what I was doing in my first year, I was cooking in the Fuelta, and then on the way to the next hotel, I was calling like all the other riders who were not doing the Fuelta. And I told them after a year, like, okay, this was a neat, really nice experience to also cook. But there's such a big difference than having the, the knowledge about nutrition, let's say, and even to put it on the plate. Uh, and nowadays, like when I stopped the team somewhere, we had a team of four professional nutritionists and then a team of three full-time cooks, which was all changed like within those four and a half years that I worked there. So I think that already shows like within one team, such a big difference and grow nutrition wise. And that's also what you see in other teams as well. There's just more budget to spend on nutrition. And it's also one of the factors like five years ago, all the teams had like uh, coaches and trainers and doctors, but there was a difference in nutrition. Like some teams had a nutritionist, some teams didn't have a nutritionist. Uh, And that's definitely the change that you see nowadays that most of the professional cycling teams, they all have their team of nutritionists. uh, And then it only differs like if it's either one person or if it's three persons. Um, But yeah, definitely. Like when I started five years ago, I also felt like there's so much to win here uh, because quite a lot of people, they had no idea what they were doing and they were mostly like either going from their own experience or what they heard like in the peloton
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: um yeah so a really big change yeah
1: yeah and that's you know um i'm i'm nowhere close to the, the the pro riders but i i do i, I coach a couple of um, cyclists that uh, that that are still competing at a high level but you know in their 40s between 40 and 50 uh but both of them start off really old school <laughs> right yeah. Yeah, they have these like habits mm-hmm. and it's it's just um it's very hard to to bring them off of that idea and and you know ninety percent when I started coaching them a couple of years ago, they were all under fueling they it, it, yeah. it, it they they were because they needed to lose weight. I need to lose weight. I need to be, you know, watts per kilogram. That's important. And they they never realized that even if they're fueled properly with 60 or 90 or even more grams uh, uh, per hour, they were still under fueling. <laughs> they were never going to yeah. gain any weight based on their intensity of their workouts. Right. Um, and uh, with testing, for example, you can easily show them that. And then they start trying. And then the first couple of races, they, they, they it looks like they're on rocket fuel, yeah, because they never yeah. experienced that. So it, it, I think that's uh, especially cycling. It's you know old school. It's it's conservative. Not a lot of change. But but even that has changed the last five years. Maybe even without getting too philosophical or taking on us to, to a, in, into a whole different rabbit hole. But maybe even COVID has something to do with that remember when covid happened and racing got back uh, one of the the things that jeff and i are talking about often is um especially the 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 professional riders they never knew when it was going to be the last race yeah right so they each and every race that they, they, they wanted to perform they had to perform they were going at it from 60 <laughs> with 60 uh, k to go and um they, they were able to do it. And I, I think that's a, that's a whole different mindset now It's like, Hey, I can go full out combined with the nutrition combined with recovering, uh, uh properly. I can go m- much longer and more often than I used to do with my, my old yeah. school mindset.
0: Yeah. And I think that's also one of the reasons why you see now, at least in the pro peloton, like a whole new generation of super young guys Mm -hmm. performing really, really well. It's also a matter of now, if they even like you have the under 23 teams, so the professional cycling teams also have their development teams. And even if there are like in those teams, they already get like all the guidance, nutrition wise, training wise, coaching wise. And 10 years ago, there was no guidance at all. So those guys, they are still like what you said, they are really open to learn and to get like all the knowledge and improve. While the guys who are already doing something for 20 years based on their own experience, it's sometimes really, really hard to even make like small changes.
2: we, we were recently in a Dutch podcast and one of the hosts is a former pro mm-hmm. and he's from the older generation. So um, very shortly after this uh, podcast, he did a race himself and he wanted to to win. So we helped him on that. And then he filled in his, we, we discussed his breakfast and his breakfast was like, yeah, just a few um, sandwiches of uh, peanut butter. But, you know, like white bread, you know, like without uh, the fibers and... So he filled it in the app, but a, like the amount of, of, of carbohydrates was not even half of what it should be, but also it was extremely fat, Right. but this is just behavior. You know, if you've done it over and over and over again, it, it, it takes some effort to, to change that because especially if it's a race and you wake up very early, you do the things you're used to. Right. right. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and. And I actually took a note, um, uh, what you said, Lisa, with, with, if you would take a hundred percent glucose, um, I always say not all carbs are created equal, (laughs) right? So, um, it has to be the correct balance between glucose and fructose. And, um, um, so if you eat, you know, 400 calories, which is, um, a hundred carbs, you know, it's, there's just a array of different ways your body absorbs that. But if you really want to get to that 60 or 90 or even more, it has to be the right balance. Otherwise your body yeah. won't absorb it. Yeah. Just- yeah.
0: And that's also a change what you see with, for example, sports nutrition brands. Now, most of the, mm-hmm. let's say high end sports nutrition brands, they all have their products in a range of those two to one. So it means If a bar has like 30 grams of carbohydrates, then 20 grams of that is glucose, 10 grams is fructose, so that uh, people who do want to aim for that 90 grams know like, okay, if I take three of those bars, I have exactly my 60 grams of glucose and my 30 grams of fructose. But even there, you already see switches now uh, to a different ratio, which means that uh, potentially you can even increase that. Intake to higher than ninety grams, and that's also what Joram said. But right. it just means you really need to be trained for that, um,
1: and take the right products. Yeah, and
0: take the right and products. Take the and right products
1: and exactly. Yeah. 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 I want to. I want to. I wanna quickly go back to the to the app actually. So, um, um, I've been using it myself uh, since a couple of weeks now, um, and um, I think it's it's really neat. So. just just for the listeners um uh, i have the app on my phone um i have a a garmin um head unit a garmin Garmin, um uh, by computer um i I believe you are um uh, looking at bahu and and maybe a couple of others but for now it's 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 garmin and um, it's it's really amazing (laughs) because uh, what i do is i connect it to my training peaks um I I know what the workout is I actually I, I tested it more on the trainer just I want because I wanted to really dial it in and, and get a good experience um uh, but but the app shows me what to eat and there's there's a slider bar and how much you are consuming um, um so I think it's it's really cool and it's really beneficial especially during training I can't yet see me using it during a race or anything like that but especially during training getting to know your body uh, your your fueling your fueling strategy the app on the garmin is is amazing can you tell me a little bit more about about that uh, uh you know? yeah so
2: i think what's good to note is you can basically do it in two ways and so the first is before you go out you plan your ride, mm-hmm. and you make a nutrition plan, so to say. So that's the process we discussed at the beginning. And so you add a distance or a route, you get a training peak. So then you know exactly what your wattage or heart rate plans are over the course of time. And once you have such a plan, you can also check your products, by the way. So if they contain too little fructose glucose a combination, they will be red instead of green. Um and but the point is that plan can be sent to a Garmin. So then you know what you have in your jersey and it will it will give you alerts. Yeah? So you know, eat this bar now, eat that gel now, and you know you're doing well. So that's the first option. But sometimes you don't want to plan yeah? because it, right. it takes your time, and 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 also you, you don't really learn from it. So the second option is. To not make a plan, but use our other Car- uh, Garmin app, which is called the Carbohydrate Balancer, and it will just show you at every point of time how much carbohydrates am I mm. currently burning, and this is also where you will see that the difference is so great between you know an easy ride and and uh, climbing a hill or doing sprints. So it, it will show you how much you're burning, and and it has a a curve. Um, going from red, uh, from green to red. So the more uh, long, the longer your cycle and the more intense you cycle, the quicker it goes to red and you want to avoid that, right? right? So whenever you eat, you click this button to eat your bar, your gel, your banana. And it also has the, the, the two to one ratio. So you can click the correct products and that will be included in your depletion. So you know exactly where you are in your depletion you know, if you're in the green zone, which means optimal or in the orange zone, which means uh, you're not um, yet uh, having this h- hunger club, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, your powers are limited uh, because your energy sources are limited or in red zone. And that will mean, yeah, you you soon uh, will have had that hunger club uh, hitting the wall or what what was it called in US? Bonking.
1: <laughs> Bonking. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah so yeah that so that's um just just an amazingly helpful helpful tool um and uh uh, I will absolutely be recommending it to the people that I coach or and or meet Um, um it just supports your your training program I think a lot of you know um not professionals but people that that have busy lives Right, and they want to optimize their time on the bike, be as efficient as possible. Right, the the quote-unquote time crunch cyclist. I think this is yet another tool in their um, um, in their uh, toolkit um, to to help them get as much as possible out of their training and out of their racing. Um, You know, being very Let's say analytical, but also preparing your workouts, scheduling your workouts to optimize that nutrition is such a key factor that if you miss it, it will take away from the quality of maybe the workout that you're in. But it could also very well take away from the quality of the, the workout you haven't planned for the next day. Um, so again, I think that tools like like this and and the app that you ha- have. um um just add a, a ton to to everybody's toolkit um even for yeah. the normal per- person at home right not being a pro
0: yeah and i think it's also nice to see those facts because what you also often see is that people think that their ride is maybe not as intense mm-hmm. and i quite often have that discussion that riders tell me like oh no but today was uh, relatively easy and uh, no just easy pace so therefore my intake was relatively low but they are always surprised if you see like the actual number of carbohydrates that you're burning. And I think it's just really nice for people that you can basically see what is happening right. rather than making your own conclusion based on your gut feeling or your own estimation. Yeah.
2: Right. And it's very personal because imagine you have two uh, uh, friends cycling and they, they have the same gender and the same weight. And one uh, knows about this carbohydrate burn, then the other guy might think like, okay, but that's the same for me because I'm joining this right. But that's actually not the case because, for instance, if your VO two max is lower, if 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 one uh, is burning for, uh, say, sixty percent on carbohydrates, the other might be burning for seventy or eighty percent. Right. Right. So you 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 just learn to understand your body.
1: That that's basically the whole point. Right. And. I think to add there, it's also the, the the current state that you are in, right? So um, what's the right word? So in what state of fat metabolism are you right? because you you can if you only do those easy rides you're you're riding in your um fat burning zone, you're you're optimizing your fat burning ratio yeah. right so it still can be the same weight same height spend the same hours but can be completely different in somebody that that is has a higher intensity phase of their schedule um and is training sprints and thresholds and you know all that good stuff and is much more dependent on carbs uh, that's another factor to 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 take in account right yeah 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 you basically get a different power curve right right yeah okay cool and um so we we touched a little bit about okay the the evolution up until now um so that has accelerated um are we um have we all have we figured it out all or are we just Mm -hmm. scratching the surface and this is really the tip of the iceberg what is um what, what are your thoughts around that
0: it would be nice if we would have figured it out, but I think, <laughs> I think we will laugh like in, uh, in 30 years, it will be funny to see like, okay, what were we doing? Like, uh, around the 2022, um, at least if I look back to like the six years that I've been in cycling, how much this has changed. I don't think that we are like at the top. And I really do believe that, Yeah, we will learn new things and also like by doing research ourselves and also other researchers, um, I think there's many more to come and to just touch upon one example, like what I saw when I started in cycling, all the riders had the same drinking advice. So it was always like the general rule, oh, make sure to drink one bottle per hour and you will be fine. Mm. But also there you see such a big variety in the same weather circumstances, like some riders only lose half a liter of sweat per hour and others lose two liters per hour. And that's just one of the examples which not directly has something to do related with nutrition because it's about sweating, but indirectly it has. Uh, And that's something, for example, that I'm now also really busy with with the riders to make Mm. sure that we know, okay, how much are they sweating in different circumstances? Uh, How much sodium are they losing in their sweat? And that's something like 10 years ago, um, not a lot of people were busy in cycling, um, determining their sweat rates or their sodium sweat losses. It's It's just
2: if you compare it to glycogen, you know, you know, you can have a certain loss and with sweat, it's a bit like that. Uh, It's also a bit personal, but let's say for many people, you may lose around 2% of body weight. So if you know how much you're sweating, which is, of course, dependent on the climate and and, uh, the intensity. But if you you roughly know that, you know how much you should drink. But we sometimes speak to, you know, pro riders of several teams. But if you ask them, how much do I sweat? Nobody knows. So they they do some testings. So I think in many occasions, their nutritionist knows, but they they just don't know. And I really believe that in a few years of time, they will.
1: Right, right. Yeah. A simple test could be step on the scale before and step on the scale after. Um, But that, you know, that again, that, you know, such an important and valid point, right? Um, Drinking water is better than nothing. Uh, but please yeah. ele- add some electrolytes. One, you replenish your your electrolytes, and two, it will be absorbed quicker by your body by adding those yeah. electrolytes. And and then yes, so the amount of sweat water that you that you lose, uh, but then also the amount of um, electrolytes that you lose with that. That's also a different proportion, I guess.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really different. Indeed, it's it's super interesting to see those differences. And it also makes like, yeah, I do believe that like within a couple of years, probably all the teams uh, will know like the sweat rates and the sodium sweat losses. But now, yeah, it's it's a simple matter where you can be like one step ahead of the others. If you make sure, or at least in my case, if we know like for all the riders at quick step, okay, how much are they losing? Um, But that's also the difficulty, at least in, Every pro environment, either if it is cycling or football, if you do something new, it's also difficult to hide for the others. Right, right. Uh, But that also makes it a kind of competition. And it also makes like that all the teams are always busy with innovation and how can we improve without the others knowing, but in the end, everyone will know. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, But it also keeps you really motivated to, uh, yeah, to always be busy like with innovation.
1: Right, yeah, it's the it's the marginal gains right it's uh, yeah. trying to to squeeze the lemon once more <laughs> what what yeah, else can we like what else green. can we find yeah something it's like- just strange sometimes
2: that that athletes don't might not know so much about so, sodium loss and and sweat rates but they, they they might at the same point know very well how much caffeine to take or uh, they might be working with beetroot so you know, if, if 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 you think in terms of priorities, you would say it's definitely a priority to work with your hydration first. But for some reason, that's usually less top of mind.
1: Right, and I, I assume you know with with take for example uh, uh, Tour de France about to start, two hundred riders. Some riders will be interested and and are naturally cu- curious. What what's yeah. new? What's what you know? How can I help myself? And you know, uh, do I believe everything that's, that, that I'm being told, um, and others (laughs) think just, just prescribe what I need to do. I'll do it and I'll focus on, on writing or, or, you know, whatever. Um, and I think that's, that's, you know, just dealing with people and their, their personalities. I think that's, that's very interesting too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so something like, um, um uh, constant glucose monitors is is that something that, that 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 you have experience with and does that that um add to because it's also very personal per person again it's it's not it's not allowed in in during racing in the, in the, uh, the UCI um has prohibited that um but 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 in training is that something that you look at that's that's a pretty recent development um but yeah Things like that. Yeah,
0: indeed, it's uh, so. It's about the like the Super Sapiens sensor, right. which you probably mean. Yeah, it is allowed in training, and indeed, it's not allowed in racing. Uh, and quite a lot of teams uh, have used those. And I've also had like many times the question, "Oh, do you want to use it?" Um, but I, I've never worked with it. And the main reason, from my perspective, was. So basically what the sensor is doing, it's measuring like your blood glucose. Mm -hmm. And uh, what it means is if you're eating like those simple sugars, so what we just said, like the glucose and the fructose, you have like a quickly, a really high peak in your blood glucose levels. Um, And if you take in, for example, whole grain products, it's more spread out over a longer period. So you can prevent like, like that high peak, but outside of racing, it's or I always advise my riders to take mostly those whole grain products, right. also because if you look to the bigger picture, nutrient-wise, like an, an oatmeal, it's much healthier than just some white bread with uh some sweet spreads, for right. example. So I thought, like, okay, what will I probably get out of it? Probably the things which I already know and do. So indeed, what we will see is a quick peek if you take in simple sugars and uh, a lower peak if you're taking complex carbohydrates. Still, I do think that it is interesting to also see the differences per rider. But the only difficulty is, um, I would prefer to have the data only for myself. But that's not possible because the riders need to install like an app on their own yep. mobile device. Mm-hmm. And the risk, what you get there, is riders can also see what's happening. And they can also make like their own conclusion there and start doing their own stuff. Um, so that were like my main two reasons to not use it like yet, but I do believe that it can be interesting to get some insights, but yeah, there's just there's benefits, but also like m- yeah, some disadvantages. So it's it's not e- either like good or wrong. Um right. isn't it
2: also so true that um if you know you're gonna do a tough ride and you know you need to eat you know a high amount of carbohydrates, mm-hmm. say 60 or 90, and then suddenly this sensor is telling you you get peaks. So you could decide let's not take those gels. Yeah, right. But yeah, then you know the, the, the coin flip is you will hit the you will start banging in the end, right? Uh is that what you want? No, it's definitely not what you want. So and that yeah. maybe that's the kind of risk
0: you're... Yeah, indeed. And like, I would think there might be some small advantages that you could see like, okay, what's happening over the day or what's happening just before you go to bed and you do take like your last snack, what's happening during the night? Uh, are you like low in your blue blood glucose or is it relatively stable? Um, yeah, so those can be like small points as well where you can take something out of it but also what you said on the other hand there's also some risks and that's that people start doing something based on the things what they are seeing right. and indeed the last thing what you want is that riders would stop eating during training because they do see a high glucose peak um, because they are also using those sugars during the training. But
2: maybe such a peak isn't a big problem in a ride but if you do it like every day have it after your lunch or when you go to sleep and over the course of years it might be a diabetes uh, indicator right yep so therefore it's extremely useful i would say yeah
0: Yeah. and that's also where the whole idea comes from because for people with diabetes they or some people like specifically with diabetes type one they do wear those sensors it's the same it's the same device yeah yeah exactly what's happening with their blood glucose and now they just made the translation to also use it for uh, right. sports
1: yeah i i I had one for for two weeks um you know I, I like being my own guinea pig test uh, <laughs> <laughs> test dummy um and it's it's uh, it's just like wearing a whoop it it just provides you with some insight, and at the end of the day it makes sense. It's just a confirmation of something yeah. that you already know, right? Yeah, exactly. If you eat those simple sugars, you will peak. If you don't eat anything for a long, it it will dip. Uh, yeah. But what I what I do do is when I, for example, test, um, do a um, a performance test um, like a ramp test or something with that. What one, one of my athletes, just as an extra data point, um, for example, I. I measure their glucose because I'm pricking their finger anyways. So <laughs> I'm, I'm measuring the glucose, the ketones, um, and their lactate, um, and, oh, yeah. and, and the glucose and the ketones only in the beginning and the very end, not, not in the meanwhile. Um, and then sometimes, you know, if, if they are very low on ketones, yeah, they probably didn't feel too bad, too good for their, <laughs> yeah. for their test beforehand. And that's also what you see in their in the glucose. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, like you said, it's, it's the application when, when, when do you use it, when do you want to use it and how do you interpret the data and are you able to interpret the data? Um, so yeah, I
0: mean, for data collection, of course, it's, it's super interesting. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Okay. So looking at, uh, at, at, at the time, um, did, did we miss anything on, on, from, from an app and a nutrition uh, perspective? I do have one final, final question, but, uh. Before I ask that question. Um... No,
2: I think we, we, we touched on, um, on uh, most, um, uh, items. Maybe one, one thing that is interesting to mention is we, we are currently developing so-called course. So we touched on it shortly, like knowing, um, you know, how, how used you are to in right nutrition intake, mm-hmm. but we're adding a, a, a number of those. So that means soon, just by fitting in what you eat, just by cycling, you would get like a rough picture, you know, of where you're standing. And then once you have that, you can focus, for instance, with, with people like you, like, okay, you know, wh- where should my main priority be? Right. And I think that's a step we're currently still missing, but working hard on that so that it's not only about the athlete and a certain ride, but also like the bigger picture of where you want to want to move forward to.
1: Right. Right
2: absolutely so
1: that's uh coming soon <laughs> excellent yeah they can can't wait for for those let's say future developments um, um so the final question in so uh, we're at the start of the the, the tour de France um uh, Lisa will you be heading out to, to join the team at some point or are you mainly working remotely looking at all the data and getting all the (laughs) yeah
0: uh yeah for me it's it's diff well i will not be there because i do have some other jobs and it's sometimes Mm -hmm. really difficult to combine but i do have like a colleague who will be there um but i will mostly be working from home and have contact with the riders like yeah on a day-to-day basis with some of them Indeed, getting the data and then uh, uh, either using like uh, Joram's app to make sure that it's more efficient and not like taking two hours to do recalculations.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I can't imagine how how big that advantage is to have that uh, available to you now compared to what
0: it used to be. It's really funny. We
2: got uh, emails from, uh, say, uh, uh, writers of, of different teams than we're used to, like, hey, I'm using this app on a personal level. And I'm writing the Tour de France, uh, but my routes they come via Velo Viewer, I think it's called. It's oh, yeah. uh, like a route provider mm-hmm. that includes it. It 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 tells you where the narrow curves are. You know where you need to pay attention. But uh, yeah. yeah, but that means the file structure is different, so you cannot upload such routes to our app. So we suddenly need to update our route system to oh, that. Nice. Mm-hmm. So this way, we also learn about other innovations. You know, that's that's going on. That's really funny.
1: It's yeah. it's just like the. Um, you know formula one racing where you know brands like mercedes and renault and you know honda um they are spending a lot of let's say r d in their formula one cars and what they're saying is that a lot of that technology trickles down to um uh, to the actual consumer cars right so i guess you're doing the same right you're getting the first hand <laughs> request out of the pro tour te- peloton and you're applying that so you know people like myself can can use it so that's That's pretty amazing. Yeah.
0: I always like... Now I'm also like really working for Eat My Ride, But like a couple of years ago, I was working for somewhere, but then Eat My Ride was a partner of us. And then I remember I always send like pretty long emails to you. I'm like, okay, I want to make sure or you need to make sure <laughs> that we can either do A, B and C in the app. And we also want to have this and we also want to have that. <laughs> and then they basically had to start building that for us. So now it's also funny to really work together and also... To like learn like that it is not that easy to make all the changes right
1: right absolutely <laughs> all the yeah. additions yeah no that's yeah. you know that's uh, especially when your consumer base is expanding um you know that's uh there will there will be a challenge but uh you know again i think the the really huge thing is that um, um having you as a nutritionist and obviously you have a whole team at, at eat my right um, uh, but getting first-hand feedback from the, the pro-level people and, and others, um, I think that's, that's really invaluable. So, yeah, very cool. I
2: think it was uh, in 20, 2019 when we started with a Kickstarter and then suddenly pro, Dutch pro-rider, Wilko Kelderman, uh, joined. So we were like, you know, watching the list of people that subscribe like, hey, Kelderman? So we reached out to, to him and he was at the time writing for Sunweb. So that's how we got into uh, like Sunweb yeah. and, and later with Bora. And he he said, uh, like, I don't know, I think it was half a year later, we were just developing, not even having anything live yet. And then suddenly we got an email like, okay, this is the second week. I'm in the Tour de France. I, I w- would like to have some uh, nutrition uh, uh, advice now. W- where, where is your app? going can i download it and it was like mm, yeah it's almost done
1: but
2: <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> if we publish it today it's you know, a, it's might a, be yeah yeah so it's really cool that such people take you on a sort of journey and at yep. least give you like an honest opinion on what they think and then you in the beginning you only learn that there's so much you still need to do but yeah it it, it makes you learn faster
1: definitely right, right okay thank you so much i think the um the podcast and, and and getting to know you getting to know more and, and learn more about the app and nutrition as, as a whole. Um, I think that's, that's just a great podcast to, to listen to for, for the users. And now you know the people behind the app. So please uh, check out uh, the app. I'll, I'll add the links to the, to the description and, uh, um, Lisa and Joram, uh, thank you so much for, for joining. Um, really appreciate your time and, uh, Thanks you know, for having nice. us. Yeah.